season's greetings. I love Christmas, but then who doesn't? Christmas is great. But the thing I've learned after doing my job for so many years is this. Nothing so great should be easy. And that's where I come in. I'm Christmas Chaos. We've never met, but you know my work. I'm the unseen but ever-present force that stuffs your stockings full of stress and decks your halls with anxiety. I love to keep your calendar full with office parties and school plays, family dinners. I love to stuff your mailbox full of invitations to Christmas decorating contests and, I don't know, gift wrapping extravaganzas. Sure, you could just say no to all those things, but then you'd be a jerk. What? You don't think these things tangle themselves, do you? Sometimes you make my job too easy for me. Sure, you could have paid 10 extra dollars to get the bike already assembled. You're too smart for that. Ooh. mean I'm going to pass up a golden opportunity when it presents itself. Yeah, let's hear it for Christmas chaos. Yeah. Uh, Christmas chaos, he visits every home. Uh, but as I was watching this video, I realized that uh, I think Christmas Chaos, he visits churches too. In fact, uh, I think he's on our pastoral staff. Uh, <laughs> I think he's working on uh, parking right now. Uh, it's good to laugh at the uh, chaos of uh, Christmas, but truth be told, uh, this idea of uh, finding hope in the chaos of life it's no joke. Uh, life is full of uh, chaotic disappointments and discouragements and downright disasters. But having chaos in my life does not mean that I need to be hopeless. And today, God's going to teach us about finding hope in the chaos from a man named Zechariah. Uh, his story is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter one, and uh, the action takes place six months before the angel appears to Mary to begin the Christmas story. Now, this account that I'm going to read takes a few minutes, but that's okay, right? Right? Yeah, it's the Bible. It's gonna be great. Uh, it, God has a message in here for you, so just listen carefully to Zechariah's story which begins like this. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. 
His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God and blameless, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for burning the incense, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, because he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of uh, Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah replied, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he had stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When the time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, God has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, Zechariah wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. And he prophesied concerning John, his child, saying, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God which from the rising sun will come to us from heaven 
heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the paths of peace. This is the miraculous origin story of John the Baptist. But it is so much more. This is a personal testimony which God preserves in Scripture to teach me about finding hope in the chaos of life. God wants me to take away some practical lessons from this account of a hopeless man who found hope of this guy named Zechariah who goes from the depths of personal chaos to the heights of spiritual joy because of the hope found in his relationship with God. And by the word hope, I mean confidence. Because in the Bible, hope does not mean wishful thinking. Hope is the Bible's word for the confidence that comes through a trust relationship with God. So now, let's go back to this story of Zechariah and uh, pick up some lessons about finding hope in the chaos of life. First lesson that I learned through Zechariah is that there's hope in the chaos when I trust God's love for me. If you grew up in Sunday school, like I did, uh, you probably learned a song that goes, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And if I ask for a raising of hands, how many people know that song and have been singing that song their life long, a lot of hands would go up. But if I were to ask how many really experience this personal love of God on a daily basis in a way that changes their life, a lot of hands slowly come down. This is especially true if you're experiencing some level of personal chaos in your life. Jim believed that God loved him and trusted God's love for him until he got cancer. And then he started wondering if God was punishing him for something. Carol trusted that God loved her until she lost her job and her daughter in the same year. And then she started wondering if God had forsaken her. And about 2,000 years ago, a couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth trusted that God loved them until God turned a deaf ear to their prayers, until God cut them off from their dream of having a child. Now, the text does not spell out, Zechariah felt unloved by God. Instead, we're given clues. We're given clues that lead us to understand that there was some level of hurt in Zechariah toward God in his relationship with God. Hurt, which comes out in Zechariah's response to Gabriel's good news of a child forthcoming. And Zechariah mutters in response, how can I be sure of this? Which is a strange response, bordering on hilarious. Uh, because how can I be sure of this is an odd response when you're a priest 
and you're standing in the holy place of the temple and you are talking with an alien being that is obviously from the throne of God and who is now reciting this eloquent speech that he's probably practiced for a thousand years and how God is going to bless you and make your dreams come true and then Zechariah's response is to shrug and mutter, how can I be sure this is true? I love Gabriel's response. (laughs) I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. You know what that is in the Greek? It's, hello, McFly. No, it's, uh, (laughs) you know what it is in the King James Version? It's Zechariah, thou art clueless. Dost thou think this is a prankist or something? (laughs) This is not a simple case of a guy who says the wrong thing at the wrong time. No, it is much deeper than that. We're meant to understand that Zechariah's joyless, thankless, lifeless reaction is a sign that he had lost hope in God and God's love for him. And it's all related to Zechariah's experience of childlessness, which of course in that culture and time was devastating. And we read it right here in the account where Zechariah's wife refers to their infertility as a disgrace that shows that they've been abandoned by God and his blessing. In the chaos, they lost hope because they lost sight of God's love for them. How about you? The only way that you can have confident hope in the chaos of this life is if you cling to the truth that God loves you. Not that God puts up with you, not that God tolerates you and your shenanigans, but that God is your number one fan, that God wants you, that God wants to bless you, that God thinks you are worth dying for. If you believe this, then you have this unshakable confidence. You have hope in the midst of the chaos. When you believe that God really, really, absolutely loves you, not just the whole world, loves you with your name on it, then you have a positive outlook in life. You have something you can be grateful and enthusiastic about every day. When you believe God loves you, human criticism doesn't rattle you. Bad news doesn't make you fall apart because you know the one who is in control and that one calls you his beloved child. But Zechariah did not have this hope. And so Gabriel came up with a solution. Gabriel said, Zechariah, you are gonna be silent from now until this great blessing is born. And I do not see this silence strike as punishment. I see the angel putting Zechariah in a quiet place where he can reflect and receive and renew his love relationship with God. Gabriel gave Zechariah nine months to have his mind focused on how much God had blessed him already and how much God was going to be blessing him and making him a blessing in the world. Nine months so that Zechariah 
and his heart could well up with gladness and gratitude and joy, knowing that he was loved by his creator. And now the Bible doesn't explicitly say that this was the purpose of the silence, but the Bible does say that that's exactly what happened. Before the quiet, Zechariah was down and discouraged and depressed and saying, how can I be sure of this? But after the quiet, the overflow of Zechariah's heart is this joyful confidence of God's love for him, saying of his child, uh, and you, my child, will bring us the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of our sins because of the tender mercy of God. God teaches me through Zechariah that there is hope in the chaos when I trust God's promise of love for me personally through the Savior born at Christmas. God also teaches me that sometimes the only way that I can connect or reconnect with this personal love is by being quiet. Can I make a practical suggestion for this Christmas? Don't let the busyness of this season steal your opportunity to get renewed in God's personal love for you. So in the chaos of this season, stop. Be quiet. Listen to God's love for you. For he, listen to his heart for you in the Savior. In the next day, nine days or so, set aside some time, even if it's just a few brief moments, to be quiet and listen to God's tender voice. Be quiet and reflect on God's tender blessings in your life. Be quiet and be grateful for all his tender mercy toward you. Through Zechariah, God teaches me that experiencing God's personal love gives me confidence, gives me hope in this world of chaos like nothing else. Now, there's a second lesson I learned through Zechariah, and it's that there's hope in the chaos when I believe that God hears me. Gabriel begins his announcement from God by saying, Zechariah, God has heard you. Chances are, before the visit from Gabriel, Zechariah had given up on prayer, and he had concluded that God was deaf toward him. But Gabriel has a message, and it's God saying to Zechariah, I want you to know that even when you thought that I was deaf toward you, I have always, always, always been listening to you, and always eager to make the impossible possible when you pray. And this is God's message of comfort and confidence to you. God's message is not that prayer is a magic formula that gives you everything that you want in life. God's message is that in a relationship with him, you are never hopeless because the one who makes the impossible possible promises that he is hanging on your every word. So, this Christmas time, when you carve out some quiet time, first, listen to God. Second, ask God 
talk to God. Ask God to intervene in your everyday needs and in your impossible situation. You say, God already knows my struggles. Yeah, but have you specifically and personally sought God to intervene by talking to him personally about your struggles? Over and over in the Bible, God teaches the power of asking him in prayer. Ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be opened. So take him at his word. Ask. Just ask. Zechariah went from being down and defeated to being full of hope when he learned that Almighty God heard his prayer. When he learned that God was acting on his behalf to make the impossible possible, even when he thought that God was ignoring him. Do you have some chaos in your life? Don't complain about it. Talk to God about it. Do you have a problem that defies human potential, human solution in your life? Don't slump in defeat. Talk to God about it. Do you have something that makes you just want to worry and be afraid? Don't ruminate about it. Talk to God about it. And let God do this beautiful exchange where you give him your worry and he gives you his peace. Which leads to uh, one more lesson from Zechariah's story, which is that there is hope in the chaos when I walk with God's peace in me. Uh, as soon as his tongue was loosened, uh, the once hopeless Zechariah explodes with these prophetic words about his child. You will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of, their, of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in chaos, in darkness, and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the paths of peace." Inspired by God's spirit, Zechariah gives me the secret to having hope in the chaos. And the secret is not eliminating chaos around me. It is increasing God's peace within me. Do you understand this? If you do, you're in the minority because most of us think that the secret of peace is getting rid of the chaos around me. Oh, if I could only get this troublesome person out of my life. Oh, if I could only get to pass this health problem or this financial issue, then I could finally have peace. Wrong. The secret to peace is not eliminating chaos because you cannot do it. This is a chaotic world where you cannot eliminate the possibility of death and disease and interpersonal problems and financial disasters. Our world is unstable, and it always has been. So if I'm going to be confident in life, I need to build my life on something infinitely more stable than anything this world has to offer. And this is the secret that Zechariah sings about. 
Zechariah's secret is having internal peace that cannot be taken away by chaotic circumstances. Zechariah's secret is having peace inside that is greater than any chaos on the outside. Zechariah's secret is about having unshakable internal peace that starts with a daily experience with the forgiveness of the Savior and then results in a daily trust walk with God on the paths of peace. So here's one more practical idea. Step out with God's peace on the inside to overcome chaos on the outside. So how about that? How about making that little choice to, uh, instead of trying to manipulate circumstances on the outside, making a simple choice that instead I'm gonna step out with God's peace on the inside to overcome chaos on the outside. So we begin with stopping and then we end with stepping uh, because that's Zechariah's story. It begins with stopping in silence and quiet and then his story ends with stepping out onto the paths of peace. So. Listen, would you? Listen to God's love for you in the Savior. Ask God to intervene in your needs in those impossible situations, and then step out. Step out of a life where you're making all your decisions based on fear. Step out of this worry lifestyle where you're just always thinking about the next thing to worry about. Step out instead with God's peace on the inside that overcomes the chaos on the outside with this confidence and boldness that comes with God and his love dwelling in you. And if you don't mind, I'd like to give you the opportunity to engage in that process right now. Uh, let's pretend. Let's pretend that you've been stricken speechless for 90 seconds. For 90 seconds of quiet, an opportunity for you to just right now listen to God's heart for you, ask God's intervention in your impossible situation, or your daily need, and to make a plan with God to step out in his peace. Ready? In this chaotic season, 90 seconds of silence is precious, but only you can decide to make these seconds count. Only you can decide to reach out for God's hope in the chaos. Here we go. Bow your heads. Let's pray in 90 seconds of quiet. Start by just listening to God's heart for you. His love in the Savior born at Christmas. Next, ask. Just ask for God's intervention and whatever your impossible situation is, whatever it causes you to want to worry right now, ask for his intervention right now. Finally, make a plan to step out in his path of peace 
Maybe there's someone that you need to make peace with. Maybe he's leading you to just be courageous and confident where instead you were planned to worry and just be afraid and paralyzed in fear. Make that plan to step out right now. What does that mean uh, as you spend these final moments with him? God, we thank you for the peace that you offer to us. Thank you for the hope that we can have in the chaos, not because we can control the circumstances around us, we can't, but instead because there is something so dynamic and powerful and full of the potential for the making the, possible, the impossible possible who dwells inside us. It's your spirit, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.